You're listening to TechNado. Welcome to another episode of TechNado. I'm one of your hosts, Sophie Goodwin. And before we jump in, I just want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of TechNado, ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. As a reminder, you can use that code TechNado30 for a discount on your IT Pro membership. Welcome back to the show. Happy New Year. I don't know about these guys over here, but I have certainly missed this uh, because this is one of the fav- my favorite parts of the week. So hopefully you had a happy new year and a safe holiday. And uh, I- I'm wondering, guys, how-, how was your new year? Don, how was your new year? Uh, you know, it was good. Had a chance to spend some time with some family, had them come into town and, and-, and hang out. And we uh, we went through the-, the annual struggle that we have, which is we don't have cable television or over the air even. So we-, we, do- you. we do streaming <laughs> services uh, in the, the Pizzette household. And so... Every year I forget about it until the last minute. I'm like, all right, how, how are we going to watch the ball drop? Oh. Because you have to have one of the network stations to see that. Uh, and so then we're like, all right, does this service have it? Does that Isn't service there, have like, it? Live on YouTube things? I, maybe. I, I couldn't find anything. But uh, so we ended up having to do like a quick subscription just for a day. <laughs> Trial run. <laughs> this is the new world that we've entered into. I feel like if you're, when you have really, really little kids, I know that your kids are a little bit older, but maybe if you have young kids, you could kind of trick them and just, I know <laughs> we have some relatives that they would play, they live on like the West Coast and they would play the ball drop at, uh, or the Central Time or whatever. They play the ball drop for Eastern Time and tell the kids, okay, it's midnight, time to go to bed. And it's really like 10 o'clock there. So yeah. they kind of do the cheat codes a little bit. I'm not saying I've done that. <laughs> just play one from a few years ago it's a recording and it. why does it say 2016 don't worry about it time for bed oh, it, does. A mistake. <laughs> it does drop the same way every year doesn't right. it yeah. it's just the same basically the same ball yeah did and you guys do anything fun for the new year yeah we did it was awesome we slept yeah. <laughs> a lot like i did not get up before eight o'clock i think for like a whole week it was, oh, that's it nice. was amazing that's the best way to ring in the new year well rested yes Well, hopefully y'all had a great time celebrating the holidays and the new year as well at home. But enough of all that. We have got some news to talk about. We a lot has happened uh, in the last week. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in with this article. uh, Some Linux news. This comes to us from Slashdot. Source based Gen 2 Linux goes binary. Now, I've said this before. I know that you guys are definitely more well versed in Linux than I am. And that goes for Linux news as well. So why is this big news? Why is this important? All right. So if you asked me why Gen 2 Linux matters, right? So, you know, there's all these different distros you can pick that are out there. So, you know, why would you pick Gen 2? Historically, Gen 2 has been one of the easiest distros to port to new processors. So if, if like, I remember when the, the original Xbox came out and people were like, oh, I bet we can get Linux running on this. Gen 2 is what they went to first. And it was, you know, just easy to add in new processor support or new architecture support and, and go that way. Over the years, systems like Arch, uh, which I guess makes sense because Arch is in their name, but they've, they've become really easy to port. But the way distros like Gen 2 do it is by doing primarily a source-based distribution. So you can't just go and download and install Gen 2 and be up and running in an hour. That's not possible. <laughs> what? Well, it used to not be possible. So what you would do is you download all the source code. And then you would boot off of a a minimum system that had GCC or whatever compiler you were going to use. And then you ran through and you actually compiled the entire operating system for your hardware. And one, it was really, really difficult, right? So a lot of people wore that as a badge of honor. But two, it meant that every binary on your system was specifically compiled for your hardware. If you had an AMD processor versus an Intel processor, if you had... Uh, uh, you know, an ARM processor, whatever, that all the optimizations and things were specifically tailored for your system. So if you were looking for performance, you could usually eke the best performance possible out of Gen 2 with the lowest resources. And it was all because of that source code distribution model they had. 
Well, the biggest challenge to that is how difficult it is. And not just difficult in terms of you have to know a lot to do it, but you have to have hardware resources. Like, uh, Daniel, have you ever compiled Gen 2? I've never done Gen 2. Nope. So I, I've done it a couple of times, maybe, maybe three times. And it didn't really matter how good a system was. The last time I did it, I was on like an i7 with 32 gigs of RAM. And I, I want to say it took about eight and a half hours to mm. to compile and build it. What a great way to spend your time. I did it like a <laughs> decade ago, and it took over a day. Just I mean, the system just sat there churning, compiling, because right. it's compiling everything. everything. Yeah. Uh, and God forbid you get an error along the way. <laughs> oh man, that's when you start a couch fire, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what they're doing though is they're saying the the challenge they're running into as a distribution is people who have slow architecture or like a Raspberry Pi. Hmm. It takes forever to compile on a Raspberry Pi, like four or five days, and so people don't do it. They just don't pick that distro. And they said, you know what? Maybe it's time that we started distributing some some pre-compiled binaries. And so that's what they announced right at the, the end of December is that going forward, you can still do full source-based distribution like, like you've done historically with Gentoo, but now you can also get pre-compiled binaries if you want. And they've been digitally signed. They're you know supposed to be shown that they're not modified. They're not going to be optimized for your system like a true source model would be, but it'll get Gen 2 up and running on on weaker hardware. So, Don, if I had the exact same system that they used to compile their binary with, would I get those performances? You would, yeah. except the odds are you don't have the same as what uh, they I, have. I get yeah. that, which makes me, uh, question number two is, is there, or should there be maybe, a repository, a database of, here are compiled binaries that were done on this system with this hardware, and then as you start to grow that and people are uploading that into that database, you would be more likely to find something and, and kind of make that a little easier lift for a lot of people. I think the maintenance burden on that would be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, like, well, I mean, forget maintaining it, right? Just It's, <laughs> it's, it's just like, oh, I guess that didn't work. You know, that's, that's yeah. how a lot of Linux projects start anyway, where we just go, oh, whatever, just throw it out there and whatever sticks is great. And then as people start to rely on it and as people start to become like fans of it and they start to love it, you will see that maintenance start to grow yeah. and people start to curate and make sure, oh yeah, that does work. And this is, this is the right architecture. And so if you have a Raspi 5 with this type of whatever, so-and-so, and this is your, what you're running, here's your binary. If yeah. you're running a, you know, a 2019 MacBook Pro with this Intel chip, with this RAM, bump, here you go. And then that, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I I've seen other people try that. Yeah, and what uh what what I've seen, and then you know every implementation is different, so somebody right. could actually sort this out. But is where if I'm running a laptop that's like six or seven years old, mm. yes, I can find it in their list. But if I go and buy a laptop today, it isn't supported. And oh, right. so you know, so now you're cutting off newer hardware by trying to solve the problem for older hardware. So they have to well, kind of choose who they're going to. I mean, wouldn't they, wouldn't you just, let, let's say that you're a lover of this project. You obviously know that it exists. You just went and bought a new laptop and you go, well, I'm going to trudge through doing all the compilation. And when I'm done, whoosh, upload. Now okay. everybody else that comes after me gets to reap all the right. benefits. They get to, uh, I, I'm going to plant the seed for a tree that I'll never sit under the shade. Right. But others will. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see yeah. that. Now you're the security guy. Yeah. What would it take for you to trust uploaded binaries like that? Um, well, I I don't I I probably wouldn't be using it on like a, a system that I care about. 
that I would be using. Like that, that, that wouldn't be my, if it is your like main daily driver. Yeah. Obviously mm-hmm. you got to take security in mind and, and uh, you know, reputations of, of people that upload Maybe you use some sort of reputation system to help ensure that those things are a little bit more safe that, Hey, this, this person that uploads has a, a high reputation for quality security, high, no problems, but it's just like anything when it comes to containers or virtual images sure. that are out there, it's the same kind of thing. So yeah. it, w- it would be the same security stance there. You just got to be careful. In my, in my younger days, when I used to fiddle with things like trying to get as much performance out of my system as possible, right? Where you, you'd overclock your CPU, you'd push your graphics card, you'd overclock your memory, right? Well, whatever you yeah. could do to try and eat that performance out. Back then, I really did care about using Gen 2 or using Arch or whatever, having it specifically compiled for my system, even though the performance gain was negligible. <laughs> like, you know, you, you, you would do it. As I've gotten older, I don't have that kind of time on my right. hands. Right, <laughs> I just end up grabbing Ubuntu, you know, or something and calling it a day. Plus, what's fun is, like you said, when you get those errors, at like when you're 75% done compiling, and then you go, okay, okay, I'll treat that, and I'll, I'll, whatever, this happens. And then you get an error again at 90%, and you're like, motherless son of a, I will kill. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you think you were mad the first time. <laughs> Just wait for that second time. And God forbid you go for number three, which is a total roll of the dice. You're like, please, please, Jesus, I, I beg you, please let this stick done. So I, I'm sure it's better today, but what used to happen to me was you know, you'd boot into this really stripped down system that just yeah. had the core components you needed to compile. And so there, there usually wasn't a screen buffer. And so sometimes there'd be an error and the error would scroll off the screen and you had no way to see what the error was. And that was even worse. Oh, man, I hate that crap. <laughs> but anyhow, it, it's interesting. You're going to hear a lot of people. Well, it depends on what circles you run yeah. in. But you're yeah, going to hear. Some people go, oh, yeah, Don, real interesting. <laughs> you're going to hear some people talk about how odd it is that Gen 2, a, a, you know, what's known as a source-based distro, is switching to a binary distribution model. And it's important just to note that they're not switching to a binary right. distribution model. They're adding it in addition to what they already do to try and address a bigger market. I think that's where we can applaud them. I think that's the yeah. right way to go. Yeah. Will it work? Yeah. I don't know. Um, if I'm going to go with a binary distribution, I wouldn't pick Gen 2. Uh, oh, right. So I, I don't know that it's going to work for Listen, them, but we'll see. You know how it is in the Linux world, man. They are zealots about yeah. their, their distros. And <laughs> no one no one is becoming a heretic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, speaking of zealots, I would love to get some context maybe from you guys on this because I, I like looking at the comments. I can't tell if this is like a serious outrage comment or if he's if he's poking fun, he's being sarcastic. He says, Philistines, sellouts. <laughs> what next? Gen 2 runs System D? This is a joke then. He's kidding. <laughs> um, I, I would say it's a tongue-in-cheek thing, so he's, yeah. it, it's a joke, he's just right? He's funny. But... He's probably coming from a serious place, though. Like, if they're if they're embracing this, how much further do they have to go mm. before they embrace System D or other things? And next uh, week, System D and Gen two. <laughs> honestly, I, I think that ship has sailed. Any distro yeah. that's resisting System D is yeah. just fighting a losing battle. Mm. But interesting. Yeah. Okay, it's it's fun to scroll through and look at what people have to say sometimes, but it it doesn't help if I don't know what they're talking about. So <laughs> trying to learn, trying to learn. We'll go ahead and move on to uh, something. Maybe maybe I know a little bit more about this area. This is in the world of Microsoft. Comes to us from the register. Microsoft nixed mixed reality. This Windows VR didn't even make it to the ER. They really had some fun <laughs> with that headline. They, the wordplay <laughs> department was in full swing that day. So they, I thought this was, um, 
I didn't realize that this was still something people were talking about. I thought oh, yeah. a while ago yeah. that it was like, yeah, they, they had like they hire all these people and then it didn't work out for them. So, but this is still an ongoing thing. It it absolutely is. You know, I, I have I've made it clear over the years on the podcast <laughs> that I am not a fan of VR and virtual reality. I don't think that it it will ever get beyond the gimmick stage. Right. Uh, until you get to the whole ready player one type model where you're yeah. truly fully interactive. Got haptic suits and yes. yeah. <laughs> but without that, you, know, you, you put on that VR headset and you can't see anything outside. So now you can't use a real keyboard anymore because you can't see it. I mean, right. maybe if you're a touch typer, you can't drink your cup of coffee because one, you can't see the cup. Right. And even once you've got it, you got these giant goggles in the way. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff is what makes VR not, not a, a real tool that we're going to use anytime soon. But mixed reality or augmented reality, uh, basically the same thing, that to me has a has a place, right? And the the old demo that I used to see was really cool. You had a computer with no monitors. Yeah. And you'd put on your goggles, and all of a sudden you had a massive monitor on the wall in front of you. And when you turn to the left or turn to the right, that monitor stayed right there on the wall where it was supposed to be. Yeah. So you could turn and look the other way, and now there was no monitor in your way. You could you could function like a normal human being while having a super sweet, gigantic monitor. Or if you wanted to split it into two or four, you could just do that. Uh, you know, Think like Minority Report. The junk's floating yeah. around in front of you, and uh, but, but you still see the real world. And Microsoft did a demo. I mean, it was probably five or six years ago now. Did you guys ever see that there? Their, uh, Mixed reality Minecraft demo? No, mm -hmm. I did not see this. So they they walk. I'll try and describe this, but you Google it because the the experience is pretty neat. Although it's all dead now, so maybe it doesn't matter. But <laughs> they have a table sitting there. It's just a regular table, and they put the AR goggles on the camera so you can see what what you would see through the the Microsoft visor. And all of a sudden, a Minecraft world just pops out of the table like it was built with. Legos. Legos, yeah. And, but but they're able to like swipe and move around the world and go underground and all that, and it's all right there on the table like it's a physical object, you know, like the holograms in Star Wars or something. It's mm. all right there. You take the goggles off, and then there's just a table yeah. sitting there, right? Super cool, really awesome. I, I got excited about that. I was like, wow, now here's something that has some real potential. Right. Um, but I think their demos were a little overproduced. And they hadn't quite refined the technology to where it needed to be. They ran into a lot of challenges with it. And so even though they demoed Minecraft that way like six years ago, it never even made it into an alpha stage where anyone could try it. Like outside of those demos they did on stage, nobody got to touch that, which means it wasn't real. It didn't work. Mm. Like that was all mm. faked somehow. Uh, Post-production or or they had a very, very highly scripted demo uh, to, to make that function. But Microsoft has finally called it quits on it. They said, look, we've been trying. Uh, we developed some, they did some work with the army. Uh, if you guys remember the headsets that made all the soldiers barf last year, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. they, they got a little bit better. The, the barf count was reduced. Oh, to, I don't know man. how they measure that metric, uh, barfs per hour or something, the, the BP, BPH, uh, <laughs> down to a certain amount, but they just weren't able to to, to penetrate it. And so they are kind of throwing in the towel on it. And I, I think it's interesting timing because Apple is gung ho on this and acting right. like they're they just come out with something not too long ago. Yeah. They're, they're AR, the giant ski goggles, yeah. uh, which I mean, they will tell you, this is the greatest technology. We're, we're leading edge breaking barriers, but it's the same crap that yeah. hasn't worked for six years. I, I've met Apple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know their shtick. So 
We'll see where that goes. Um, Apple is telling us this is the year of augmented reality. Uh, allegedly, their goggles are supposed to come out Listen, by April. Listen, if, if Apple goggles caused cancer, they'd be like, it's the best cancer ever. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. the great, you'll never have better cancer. <laughs> in fact, you you don't have cancer? Yeah, I mean, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all. fact, you get you get blue bubbles in text now if you yeah. don't have cancer. You get green <laughs> bubbles if you do. You got that white cancer, right? Because or rose gold cancer. That's what rose gold. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing Jeez. says Apple more than rose gold, That's right. doesn't it? Rose gold. <laughs> My goodness. All right. Well, it it is funny to hear to see two of the largest software companies or just tech companies in the world. Apple telling us this is the year of augmented reality and Microsoft saying we're throwing in the towel. Why, why is this mm. such a hard thing? Like, it seems like we're there technologically, but apparently we are not. Um, I, I'm going to use ChatGPT as my example, okay. right? Where when you look at ChatGPT at, at, at face value, it's pretty impressive, Yeah. right? And if I go and ask it one question, it's pretty impressive. But once you start asking it a series of questions, things break down really fast, right? What's your What's your experience? And then we kind of shifted to ChatGPT, just because there there is a there's ChatGPT three point five, yeah, which is okay. It does it does a neat job, right? And but what about the the pay for ChatGPT? Oh, so that, that seems to be a bit more impressive. It is, and 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 I have that because yeah. we we use it for right. certain things here at the office. Um, I don't have any experience with it, so. So if you go in and you tell it, I'll actually give you a real example and you'll wonder why <laughs> I did this and I'm not going to explain it. Uh, <laughs> and you tell it to write you a limerick, right? Okay. So I need a limerick about um, about something. <laughs> and you tell it you want a limerick that's eight lines. Okay. Okay. So I, I need eight lines, very specific, or 10 lines is a proper limerick. Yeah. Uh, and so then it'll it'll go in and it'll do it. And the odds are it'll be okay. But sometimes it'll rhyme things where, like, the word untold rhymes with the word untold. Well, of course mm. it does. Oh, yeah, it's the yeah, same yeah. word. It's the same word. It and doesn't know that it's If you say, okay, do it again, but this time make it 20 lines, it'll start duplicating itself in the same limerick. It doesn't have, like, a human would look at that immediately and right. say, oh, you used the word told too many times. Right. We would know that. It doesn't. Little things like that break down. Hmm. And to me, that's how VR and augmented reality are, is that when you first glance at them... The, the world is your oyster. You see all the possibility. But then when you actually start to use it, you realize pretty quickly that it slows you down significantly. And because it gets you in, are faster than it is. It gets in the way of a lot of little things, yeah. But you'd think that they would be able to do, like, at least, like, stop trying to shoot for the moon, maybe. Right? Maybe that's the problem that they're running into, is they're trying to make Minecraft sets in front of you instead of just put my GPS in front of me. Yeah. You know, make it a heads-up display for a lot of things. Hey, I've got ambient air temperature. I've got humidity. I've got time of day. I've got direction that I'm going, right? Just simple things that it should be able to accomplish that my phone can do that I, yeah, I can do kind of well. Like, I can tell you about what direction I'm going. I can tell you about what the temperature is. But it's nice to have that thing in real time and kind yeah. of give me weather updates and things of that nature. That kind of scroll across the top. I can look up and see it. Like, this is the kind of AR that I've been looking for that Google Glass apparently tried to do, and then they yep. killed that. And yep. now, you know, it's like nothing seems to be giving me this experience. You know, um, voice to uh, text to voice, yeah. text to speech, yeah. right? That's been around a long time. Mm -hmm. And if you've used a GPS, you know, turn right on Highway 72 or whatever, right? right? So that, that's a, a common thing. And most of us think that's pretty good. Like, ah, yeah. text to speech has evolved it's not pretty bad. well yeah. until it tries to pronounce proper nouns. 
right? So here, we're yeah. in, in Central Florida, and there's Ocala, Micanopy. Yeah. There's cities Ocala. with weird names, right? <laughs> and my and, canopy. And the yes. GPS will say, my canopy, every time. <laughs> yep. just the, As you were saying proper nouns, I'm like, yeah, my canopy. That's why I mispronounced it like the first three years I was yeah. here because of my yep. GPS. And you know, how much RAM and CPU do you need to look up how to pronounce Micanopy? <laughs> well, I mean, who cares, right? Like, I, to me, that's not, that's not a, like a deal breaker. But, Citizens of Micanopy. Yeah, care. they they're revolting they get right violent. now. <laughs> but these little things they add up. True. Right. And and so if we adopt text to speech, like I, I do Audible. Yeah. Uh, I have an Audible subscription, so I get a lot of audiobooks, right? right. Where a, a human being reads a book. I could, and I would save money on this if I just bought the EPUB yeah. and use text to speech. But it mispronounces so many things and the sentence cadence gets off. Uh well it it doesn't necessarily slow you down, but it, oh yes, it breaks immersion. It, it's just harder to listen to, and I'd rather just read it myself. Well, um, I mean, I guess that breaks it down to like there are things that this could be good at and things that it can't be good at, and we chuck those things that it's not great at to the fire, or we kick it down the road until it becomes good at it. Yeah. And hopefully, once it does, you know. But oh, oh, here we go. Don, <laughs> Don, Don <laughs> did it. Oh my, he actually has Google Glass. <laughs> so. I never had Google Glass. Uh, Greg you did. You stole this from someone. <laughs> and when they killed it, they killed the whole service, so they're useless. Yeah. And he gave me his old set. Nice. So I can wear it. Yeah. And I can be a true glass hole now yeah. because it's not even turned on. L- listen, Jordan LaForge. <laughs> I'm going to wear the rest down. of the podcast. Yeah, you should. I think you should. Absolutely. Stylish. That's right. So is, what is this? Is this a sunglass the attachment? sunglasses. Yeah. I mean, if Actually? You, Hey, if you want to pull off a proper Bro. CSI Miami, now you're talking. right? Now you, you're get, talking. you get this Javi on here. <laughs> Which you can't actually do. Oh my goodness, how does it attach? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing something wrong here. Don's palsy is stopping him from... This is great. We should just do this for every show. Oh, you know what? It goes... Uh, you have to go sideways <laughs> what the and turn heck it. Kinda... There it goes. All right, now... Nah, Very user-friendly. There you go, David Caruso. Ooh, these are dirty. <laughs> uh, I feel like... I feel like I just got my eyes dilated <laughs> yeah. at the uh, at the optometrist. Oh man! Now, when, when did that come out though? When that was like what, 2015 or 2014? Um, maybe it was a while say, back, right? You know, if if only I had a voice assistant, I could ask. <laughs> is there a, is there a date on the time? I'm getting away we, from the microphone got here. Sophie, she's our um, voice assistant. Yeah, I don't know what year this Sophie, came out. What year did Google Glass come out? Google Glass was initially released in 2013. 13. 2013. Ten years ago. Ten years this, ago. This, this is will be a collector's old. item one yeah. day. All right, I'm gonna hang on Absolutely. to this. Um, it. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm. I'm not. <laughs> I kick it. He's just kicking it. I'm around. not. Uh, I'm not saying companies shouldn't innovate. Yeah. I'm saying that we, as the consumers, probably we lower shouldn't. our expectations. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, I, I totally agree. And I really do want a voice assistant that doesn't suck. I do. Oh, amen, you know? brother. Um, amen. I want Rosie from the Jetsons, so I don't have to do laundry. Like I, I want stuff like that. It's just not ready yet. No, it's not. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is that is unfortunate. But I mean, we got something great out of it. Clearly, we so did. this is this is the Don best segment ever. The Google Glass. <laughs> the Google right. Gla- the glass never, segment. Asshole. I've never put these. Up. Oh yeah, you don't remember that that whole campaign? You know, I was poor. I don't have these kind of things. <laughs> no, it was. I think it was Microsoft. I think so it was Google Microsoft. actually called themselves glass holes. No. Oh no. Okay. So they had the Google glasses. Yeah. And then there was a guy who wore his Google glass into a public restroom. Okay. And people were all upset. Like, how do we know you're not filming us? And he was Ooh. like, I'm not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, yeah. there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> you know, not. so he's he's in the restroom. He's uploading binaries to Gen 2. And he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> and he's wearing his Google glasses. 
And and somebody, some journalist or whatever, was like, "What? What a glass hole!" And then people kind of oh, latched onto goodness. that term. Ah. And I think it was Microsoft so that ran culture, a whole ad campaign on it. Killed it. No, oh yeah, not it, Google. What, once that term was out, like that was the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it, it was mm. like the blue check mark on Twitter. Yeah, right. Where for years you'd see a blue check mark and you're like, "All right, that's somebody you can trust." And then all of a sudden Everybody, it changed. Every and bot now, and their brother had it. And now it's like, oh, if you have a blue check mark, you're a sellout. Uh, and and that that tanked the value of blue checks, and gotcha. that's kind of what happened to Google Glasses. Okay, good to know. A little history there. <laughs> what a crazy podcast we're yeah, having today. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's like you got some kind of superhero apparatus on. Like you're gonna shoot lasers out of your eyes. It's, it's I love it. It's great. I feel like a d bag. Okay. <laughs> I'm like you, you're the Technado version of Jordy LaForge. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need the hair, the hair bright. Uh, yeah, hair. What was that called? There Banana clip. Something. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that will conclude our newest segment, <laughs> Glass Hole, here on Technado. <laughs> uh, we are going to stay in the... I, I know we started off talking about mixed reality, virtual reality, Microsoft, and we, we got on a tangent. We'll go back to the world of Microsoft. <laughs> this article comes to us from Tom's Hardware. Uh, the oldest known version of DOS Unearth, MS-DOS Ancestor 86-DOS version 0.1c, now available on the Internet Archive. I probably don't need to read the whole headline for these i probably could just <laughs> read the gist the lead ha headline gave it to you the head, yeah, pro that's, yeah i probably could just say yeah they unearthed something and then you you guys can maybe explain because you're yeah. gonna have to explain it anyway because this sure. is before my time definitely you know I, I i don't know if you've ever watched any of the documentaries on like how microsoft got started and all the crazy backroom deals and stuff that happened like there's some really shady yeah. stuff it where was they, like drug deals it's sort of, yeah. Literally. They, really? Yeah. They huh. sold an operating system. They got a massive contract with IBM before they even owned the operating system themselves. Yeah. And so they had discovered- did, did you ever watch the Pirates of Silicon Valley? I, I've seen most of it. I still right. watched the whole thing. So the, the scene where he is purchasing DOS from this guy, the guy is like stoned out of his mind. He comes into this like crunchy house and he's just like, so- do you have it? <laughs> it's literally like a drug deal. <laughs> he hands him a briefcase full of money, and the guy's like, "Yeah, man, I call it DOS. Here you go." <laughs> he hands him the disc. Yep. This is literally how it went down in the movie. So, it to me, it's neat to see some of these like older OSs, but a lot of them have been lost to time, right? Because yeah. some of them, some of them were just dis distributed on like reel to reel tape, and mm -hmm. so even if you had it in hand, there'd be no way to use it. Um, I, I've gone through this myself because I, 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 I like OS 2. You know, it's an old operating system. I enjoy it. I've got my copies I never back here. Uh, <laughs> I've got, oh, you can't see it here. It's behind my copy of Microsoft Bob. I've got a, a copy of OS 2 1.1, one of the very early versions, not 1.0. I couldn't find that one, but I have 1.1. Uh, and, and to me, it's neat to see some of the original versions. And every now and then I'll go back and try and install them and see what a nightmare it is. Uh, <laughs> But this is like way back in the earliest days of what would become DOS. And it's really got no value whatsoever uh, for technology today, like if you wanted to try and run it. But if you want to be nostalgic as all hell, like <laughs> this is a way to do it. Um, 86 DOS. So this is before Microsoft owned it. Uh, version 0.1c. A, a person had a disk stashed away somewhere that is in like mint condition. They they posted pictures of the floppy disk and it it's like it has not been touched. Uh it's not branded Microsoft because Microsoft didn't own it yet. It's branded Seattle Computer Products Incorporated. Uh the serial number on it is number eleven. Whoa. This is like Ooh. one of the original copies of this like if you want a piece of nostalgia this is it and normally you hear about these things being found and you don't get it. This person not only found it 
put it up on archive.org. You can go to the Internet Archive mm. and download it right now and throw it in DOSBox or whatever uh, and, and get it up and running and see what it was like, what we, we suffered through yeah. way back. I, I say we. This was before me. even. Like I, I was not involved in computers when this was out. This so, came out in 80, which was the year I was born. So. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh. Yep. So it's uh, it's it's some really vintage stuff, but I think this is the awesome part about the internet. There's so many bad things on the internet, but then to see something like this, like really historic software, now brought digitized, brought online, and it's going to be around forever. Now, I, I think that's awesome. Yeah, curating where we came from, so we can yeah, you know, look back and go, wow, that's that's kind of cool to see, you know, the basically the the impetus the start of where we became like a a technological nation right was through things like this and this is one of the things that allowed us to become that and to really push into technology yeah and i, I don't want to get into the whole uh religious argument over it but there there is a big contingent of people who are really against all the cloud services we do today mm. because uh let me flip this over to video games because it's easier to make the analogy uh there is a, a Big group of people, uh, Daniel, you and I included, we are, oh, and yeah. you too, Sophie, where yes. where there's old video games that aren't for sale anymore that we in still enjoy running. You introduced sure. us to that Mario Kart game. Which one was it? Um, Mario Kart Double, Double Dash. Dash. There we go, which mm -hmm. I'd never heard of, right? But Mario Kart Double Dash, you can't go to the store and buy it. Uh, I don't think I can go to an online store and buy it. But there are people who took the cartridge. You can buy them on eBay and stuff. It's well, just they're expensive. Outrageous prices, yeah. 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 So Came out in 2003. Somebody took it 20 years ago. Uh, well, whenever they did it, though. But they, right. they took the cartridge. They ripped it into a ROM, put it online. And now you can go. And if you want to remember, like, oh, what was that game that I played 20 years ago? I can download the ROM and I can play it out. Marginal legality there. But yeah, uh, I've, I've always wondered why, like, especially Nintendo specifically, very litigious about yeah. ROMs and, and, and whatnot. Why with with intellectual property that they own, I totally get that. Do they care? They're not selling it. They're not losing any money. Well, so let's let's pretend yeah. that it's it's a hundred years later. Yeah. Right. So the copyrights run out, right. the trademarks, whatever, you know, all that stuff is gone. Maybe Nintendo's been out of business for 50 years. Yeah. And so now it is legal to go and get it. You can. Yeah. Right. But what if it was a cloud-based game? Yeah. Right. Or cloud-based software? What if I want to remember what Gmail looked like mm. in 2003? I can't. Yeah, that's not happening. Right? You can't because it was a cloud-based service. It, all the code was walled off. That's going to disappear. Yeah. And so there's going to be a point in time where history kind of stops yeah. for, for software. And uh, and that that's sad. Uh, I'll be dead, so it won't matter to me, but for, for <laughs> our children. Take kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. It's definitely something that when I was reading through this, it I if it seems like oh, wow, this is a long time ago. To you guys, it's like I was not even a figment of anybody's imagination at that point. So <laughs> this is all definitely far before my time. Well, um, what about with like, so like code repositories like GitHub, like if I have a website, I can put all that in GitHub, can I? And, and kind of curate it there. You can. Yeah. 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 The, the challenge there becomes like, let's say, let's say I have a web application that I built yeah. and I use Terraform definition files to mm. deploy it in AWS Fargate. Right, okay. Right? And so I'm using mm, AWS no calls. Thing. Fargate's no longer a thing. You can't make it happen. I would have to rewrite Fargate. That or, yeah. or you know, change the Terraform files to point to something else. Assuming Terraform even worked anymore. Well, maybe when um, we get that far, 100 years from now, we're so good at computers, we just go, oh, this simple children's thing, and they code it up in 12 seconds yeah, and go, yeah. well, run. 
And he goes, oh, look, there's a there's a website from 1998. Maybe there'll <laughs> just be AI stuff, and you yeah. can tell it, like, hey, I remember Moon Patrol. Can you just write that for me? Yeah. And it makes Moon Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the singularity. It will be fun, won't we'll it? We'll see. We'll see. Now, this does say that you can test it yourself. You can grab the disk image directly from archive.org, and then they've got instructions to get it working. Do you think this is something that either of you guys will do, or you'll pass? No. Uh, so I, I did it because um, this is the kind of person I am. So uh, I brought it up in VirtualBox and got it running. I have an FPGA at home, and and it it emulates a 486. And so I uh, I put it in 486 mode, and I couldn't get this to boot on it. This was this was written for an 8086, which is four generations earlier. So yeah, I couldn't. I didn't have any hardware to actually do it. But in a virtual machine, it, it fired up. Cool. Hmm. Okay. Was interesting. it as awesome as you remembered? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, to me, it was just the the yeah. the fun of getting it up right. and running. Once it's running, you're like, all right, I'm not gonna do anything yeah, with that. I can't really <laughs> do anything with this. Yeah, because it's. I mean, this was pre-memory managers, right. so uh, actually, I didn't see how much addressable memory. But you, you probably have like 64k, right? Uh, and not not the 640k that that some of us started with, but like 64k, not a lot of memory to deal with. So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, I personally, I'm I'm probably not going to poke into this. I don't think. But if any of you out there want to poke around with this and uh, give it a go, see if you can you can give it a test run, you have the option to do that. Uh, it's Tom's Hardware is the article that we pulled this from, so they've got instructions there on how to do that. If you are so inclined, I think we are going to take a short break uh, just to kind of get our bearings and just admire the Google Glass here on Don. <laughs> uh, but don't worry, we will be back with more cybersecurity news in just a little bit here on Technado. Tired of trying to schedule your team's time around in-person learning? Isn't it a bummer to spend thousands of dollars on travel for professional development? What if we said you can save money and time and still provide your team with the best training possible? The answer to your woes is live online training from ACI Learning. With live online training, we provide our top in-person courses in private, online, instructor-led formats. You get to provide professional development in a manner that fits today's expectations. Entertaining, convenient, and effective. Our exam-aligned courses inspire the full potential of your team. Visit virtual instructor-led training at ACI Learning for more info. Welcome back for our cybersecurity half of TechNATO. Real quick before we jump in, I just want to thank you for watching. And if you are enjoying the show so far and you've stuck with us for this long, maybe consider hitting that subscribe button, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any of those podcast platforms. We love to have you watching and listening, and we love to hear your input as well. So feel free to leave a comment down below. Let us know what you like, and let us know what you want to see on the show in the future. But enough of that. We will go ahead and jump into our first article, which is part of a beloved segment called Don't Make No Sense. What you talking about, Willis? I don't know why I said beloved like it's a, <laughs> it's a dear family member. Yeah. Uh, this it's comes passed to, on, but we still miss it. <laughs> here in our hearts forever. Yeah, play the rest in peace it, memoriam right here. <laughs> it's, uh, it comes to us from a website called Fast Company, and it says U.S. water utilities were hacked after leaving their default passwords set to 1111. No, I mean, this is a really easy mistake. Could happen to anybody. They really can't be blamed. I, You know, let's just move on. I don't even know why we're talking about this. You know, it's uh, it's a real shame. We, we hear I, there's a lot of things in the media that are sensationalized, that are blown out of proportion. And, and we've been hearing for years the United States utilities grid is at risk, that cyber attackers could shut off our power, cut our water, and so on. Um, there have been a few incidents over the years where it's actually happened, right? So there was one not not far from here, down in, in Clearwater, where their water utilities got, got broken into, and an outside attacker was elevating the level of certain chemicals in the water. And this has happened 
most recently in the uh, Israel uh, Hamas, Hamas Gaza Strip yeah. War. Yeah. So uh, where attackers have actually tried to get into the Israeli water system to raise the amount of chlorine in the water. You know, you can really just that, damage that this. That will way. kill you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at a minimum, it'll turn your hair green. Yeah. Uh, but but either way, uh, there this is a an attack we keep hearing about, and. In the United States, at least, we know that the government has set aside millions and millions of dollars in grants and things to help the utilities shore up their security. And as a citizen, we just have to assume that they're doing that. But then we see things like this, where uh, it was something like 10 different utility companies were compromised. And it wasn't because of some, you know, third-party software or vendor that comp- got compromised or a library that wasn't updated or something like that. It, it turned out to be that they had not put literally any effort into securing their systems, that they had some of their their um, uh, industrial control or ICS, whatever systems, or SCAD, SCADA. maybe SCADA? Yeah. Okay. Some of their, their SCADA systems where they were connected to the public internet, where anyone in the world could connect, and had left the password at the default, which was an amazing one 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 one, and I, I I don't know what to do about that. Like executions, is that what it's going to take to to finally get people to just do the most basic uh, thing possible? We got to become an uh, equilibrium. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all about cybersecurity now. <laughs> yeah, it's a you will be uh, scheduled for summary execution. We're using one 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 as your password. <laughs> what were they? Sense crimes. Sen- Sen- yeah, sense crimes. Yeah. yeah. In, Equilibrium. That's I don't know right. if you've seen that one. Uh, I think you told me about it, right? Dystopian future where yes. we have abolished all emotion. Yep. I haven't seen yeah. it, but I've heard Christian about it. Christian Bale. It's a neat premise. Yeah. That, that's back when they made movies that were unique. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was unique. And if you want to see some awesome fighting, <laughs> if you are a fan of action flicks with like cool kung fu fighting, Equilibrium that's the is, one. Your, is your jam. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But Don, this is not, unfortunately, all that uncommon. Right. You do a quick Google search of the most commonly used passwords. Your heart will probably skip a few beats when that page slams because you're going to be like, well, oh, I'm sorry. What password is is a commonly used password? Yep. Like and I don't mean like that's a common password. Most commonly used emphasis on the word most. We don't really like doing security, by the way. I just we like to talk about it. Yeah. We like to say we like doing security, and we'll sure as heck hold your feet to the fire if you do it wrong and you get caught. But yeah. until that day comes, most people are like, I ain't got in trouble yet, so what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah, the other thing is uh, a lot of times people shoot themselves in the foot, Yeah. right? And they'll do something like, uh, all right, so, hey, we've got this giant water control SCADA system, and we don't want it to be attacked, so we're going to air gap it. Yeah. All right, so, so you air gap it. Now it's, it, you can't get to it from a remote network at all. You have to physically be there. But then some technician one day says, well, I'm going to be on call, and I don't want to drive into the office, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick a laptop over there, mm-hmm. and I'm going to put, what was it? It was TeamViewer, I think, oh, with, yeah, with yeah. Clearwater. But, you know, they put uh, Splashtop or Real VNC or something on there, and they're like, yeah, so the, the other system's air gap, but I can remote into my laptop, and I can control the system from there. And I, I'm, I'm not going to set a password on my laptop. I just, I want to be able to get in quick, right? I'm on call. I want to be fast. like shadow IT to really yes. sink the ship, right? <laughs> so there, there are times where companies are really making an effort to secure systems, and then it just takes one employee to undermine the whole thing. Well, and they do. They make other mistakes as well. Let's say they air gap. This is like, yep, we're going back to air gap. No more of this uh, connections from the interwebs kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That, that's been dangerous. So back to air gap. 
and then they don't update anything because we're safe. Right? Oh, they, yeah. Uh, they, they have not a, uh, assumed a zero trust model or a trust but verify model, right? They're, so they're not doing any updates or they're allowing people to bring in their laptops or thumb drives that have viruses on them and now you have problems, right? So they think because I've implemented one security measure, we're good. Yeah, it was a good one, but that doesn't now like exonerate you from any other security that you need to continue to do. You have to assume there will still be a, a breach, right? You have to assume that a threat actor will find a way in because they're fairly ingenious about figuring out, well, what if I did this? And what if I did that? And they got nothing but time on their hands. And if they are motivated to find their way into your net network, you, you have, you, you have to be extremely diligent at checking for weaknesses and then shoring those weaknesses up with mitigations and secondary controls or whatever you got to do. So you, you can never rest on your laurels when it comes to, especially if you are in an industry that is labeled critical infrastructure. Hello, you should be the most diligent yep. at these things. Yeah. And the fact that you're one, 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 one in it, come on, man. Don and I used to work at, a, you know, we've mentioned this many times. We worked at an insurance company together. My first day on the job, they're like, okay, we're going to log into this, you know, person called the help desk. They're having a little issue. So we're going to log in with the domain admin. And when I saw the username and password, I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is, did you say this is a DA account? They're like, yep. Okay. Yeah. Don, how did that happen? Like, and and how many people knew that password? Like everybody. <laughs> They're like, oh, I've already logged in as the domain admin. I'm like, yeah. whoa, you're an insurance agent, <laughs> not a domain administrator. Yeah. You shouldn't be doing that. So you yeah, you know, it. It, it it takes a lot of buy-in to do security right. It does. And you know, you 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 likely have a information security officer. So, well, they, these type of companies typically don't, but yeah. you likely have somebody in the IT team who who is concerned about security. But if the rest of the company doesn't have buy-in, you're just going to get undermined. So, <laughs> this is one of those times where the headlines might sound sensational, but I I think it it reflects what's really going on out so there, we, which is our utilities are at risk. We need Betty to go around chopping toes off. <laughs> <laughs> I love the look on Sophia's face. I'm I'm a little yeah, I'm a little concerned. Like, Betty, what? She doesn't know. Is Daniel serious? Is he? Uh... No, this, <laughs> this is like this you'll like notice a... Don laughed though because he gets the reference. Uh, yep. This yep. is like a scorned... we don't want anybody to lose any more toes here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's do better cybersecurity, shall we? I All think right. it's it's a simple requirement. We you we you we you we you we you we you. I will add it to the list of things that I'm going to Google later, but for now, um, to avoid. Talking anymore about toes, we'll we'll go ahead and move into our our next segment. Uh, although that fits into the segment of don't make no sense because that didn't make any sense to me. <laughs> um, this next segment is uh, actually one of my favorites. It's called Who Got Pwned. Looks like you're about to get pwned. Fatality. Yeah. Now it's not my favorite because people get pwned because that sucks and I feel bad for them. But it is kind of fun to read about. So this article comes to us from TechCrunch. Comcast says hackers stole data of close to 36 million Xfinity customers. You you just finished talking about how a lot of times we see articles that have like sensationalized headlines. And in the case of the previous article, it was it actually was pretty serious. In this case, is this worse than it sounds or not as bad as it sounds? Uh, no, it's pretty bad. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you think about the U.S. population... And, and how we do customer accounts, right? So like when you sign up for Comcast or Xfinity, it's not like you have multiple accounts for one household. 
So you might have four people in your house, but it's just one account. So when they say that the information was stolen for 36 million customers, it's really 36 million families, right? right? Mm. And if you think about the U.S. population, that's going to account for well over 10%, probably creeping up to 20% of the U.S. population right there. Mm -hmm. So this is a a pretty big one. Now, we don't really know what data they got because Comcast hasn't shared a lot of that. But you have to assume that it's, you know, your name, phone number, mailing address. But in the United States, cable companies run credit checks on everybody when they sign up for service. So that means they likely have your social security number as well as other identifiers uh, and some billing data. So the, the article does say that by November 16th, Xfinity determined that, quote, information was likely acquired, end quote, by the hackers. And in December, the company concluded that this included customer data, including usernames and hashed passwords, which are scrambled and stored in the mm-hmm. way that makes them unreadable. But, you know, it was something stupid like MD5. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even if, even if it's the highest level of security, right. encrypting the password, they're just saying user data and not telling us what that user data was Correct. beyond those two elements. The, those so, two elements, So yeah. we don't really know. And, and the companies do this, right? It's a bit of a sleight of hand, right? They, they want you to think, oh, it, 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 it was some data which included these two pieces to make us think like it's just those two pieces. And, oh, by the way, the passwords, they're hashed. They're yeah. scrambled. You're good. But the other data isn't, right? And, yeah. and so you know, they're, not, they're not telling us what that, that really means. And sadly, we, we do let this stuff fly. Uh, um, they, they have said that there's, there's other things that could be in there, right? Like the last four of your Social Security and, and so on. We'll, we'll have to see what happens there. But what I thought was interesting on this one— um, I know that I've said a few times here on the podcast, and, and, and I do this a lot when I pick articles, I will either skip over Citrix exploits mm. or I'll mention how Citrix is very widely used in the, the medical environment. Hospitals all over the, the world use it pretty heavily. But Citrix is, is actually really big just in the enterprise space. A lot of companies use it. And in this case, that was the foothold the attackers were able to use to get into Comcast and Xfinity's network. Citrix bleed? Citrix bleed, mm. yeah. Yep. Uh, which is a pretty bad one if you've got those systems. Obviously, if you don't use Citrix, what do you care? But uh, <laughs> but if you do use it, it's it's a pretty bad one. Uh, a patch was released for this to fix this exploit in October, and these attackers were able to use it and get in uh, yeah. after the patch was released, which yeah. means, in theory, if Comcast had been a little faster at installing patches, this could have been avoided uh, so this becomes a bit of a like a morality tale. Yeah, and we've talked about this quite often here on the Technado about you know the speed at which patching occurs and how fast can you get this rolled out? What what does your you know your patch cycle actually look like for out of band and critical uh, security patches and what you can do? And unfortunately, like there, I, I, obviously we don't know what Citrus. Maybe, maybe Citrus just got bad lucked, right? <laughs> like. I, I did they say exactly when the when the patch came out and then when they got hit? They say early October uh, is when the patch this, was released. Yeah, and this breach happened October sixteenth. So so it's a it, pretty short window. Less than very, two weeks. It's a very short window. So for an enterprise company as large as Xfinity, I, I would say that's probably not out of the realm of possibilities. So at least they're doing something. I've seen way worse than two weeks. Yeah. Let, let me put it yeah. that way. Okay. So. Now, did they say that they? I didn't see that either. Did they patch on, or that's when they discovered the the hack? They discovered they the hack. Yep. God. Well, I, yep. so that would be my mm-hmm. one question: is was it the hack that prompted them to patch, or were they going to patch? Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because if they didn't discover this for two months down the road and they still haven't patched, 
It's a different picture. Yeah, I would yeah. want to know, like, if I'm a lawyer or somebody that, like, is there legal ramifications for this? Obviously, no. not in the United States. No, oh, God help us all. No. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Jeez. So here's what you got to do, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, you can vote with your wallet and go to an Xfinity competitor. Oh wait, they're the in only the United person... States. We allow a monopoly for That's cable true. companies. Dang it. Yeah. Whoops. How about that? <laughs> so AT&T, <laughs> you get that 5G internet. <laughs> this all just going to be an AT&T yeah. commercial. This is where this is where like the European listeners and stuff uh, yeah, they get, laugh get to laugh us. at us. But yeah. it, it's true. Like we we allow monopolies for certain media conglomerates, and and Comcast is one of them. I remember when I lived in Seattle, uh, I had two choices. I could either do like Directv satellite, which sucks, it sucks, yeah. or I could do Comcast for my my cable. That was it. Those were my two choices. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you, you didn't have that, that option to pick a competitor. And the SEC only recently passed the rule that says if you're a publicly traded company, you've got, I think it's four days. Yeah. No, 72 hours? I forget. It's a really short window right. of time that you have to notify people about a breach. And so that was only passed like a month ago. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure it's loosey-goosey about, hey, we had a breach. Thanks for talking. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so when, when you ask one of the penalties, there really aren't it's penalties for this, this is stuff. It's in the bottom of their email signature. <laughs> and, and even Here's some deals for this month, plus we had a breach. And <laughs> yeah. And, and even on the PR side, like look at Equifax, where they had this massive breach of all their data. Uh, they had to do a settlement, which was like a pittance for them. And mm. all they did was give everybody credit monitoring, which was from them, right. their own service. Yeah. It was so horrible. And and nothing changed. So right? Starlink, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. <laughs> seems to be a more viable option every day. Yeah, as we yeah. Well, you know, it just shows, and I, I, I know I'm repeating myself on this, that I, I don't like government overreach. I don't like yeah. big government. But what we've got right now is kind of the Wild West, and, and we can't we can't allow companies to have monopolistic that, practices. That would be a, that's a problem, yes. Where we can't yeah. vote with our dollar. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I agree. There was uh, somebody in the comments that said that this was just a couple of months after a really critical software patch, I guess, was released. So it's pretty shortly after that. And they were like, this is unacceptable. And of course, people in the comments are upset, yeah. which is, you know, yeah. it's pretty much the standard for any of these articles. Yeah. Bohica. You know, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think about like the bank that I worked at where we had a seven day cadence. So when a, a patch would come out, we had a seven day test window and we were pretty good about it. Yeah. Um, but even seven days, like every day you yeah. wait is a day an attacker could be exploiting that, and the attackers are getting really fast with this stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It's without being able to see the inner workings of Comcast. Like, do they have an update plan? Right. Were Were they testing that update to be rolled out? I don't know. I a part of me likes to think that no, that no, they weren't. But we well, don't because really know. that's all too common. Yeah. Right. If If it wasn't so common for us to see that we have no great scheduling or cadence for rolling out patches if, if that was not the case i'd be like oh man they just they just got a rift with bad luck but more likely scenario is is that the reason that they updated was because they found they were breached mm. and they didn't want to do it again yeah, yeah. well <laughs> technically we don't really know that they patched, they patched. that's right? true <laughs> they we have, just they assume they did <laughs> yeah zero trust model right here they did not patch do not use xfinity <laughs> shut up your cable right now <laughs> well apparently <clears throat> xfinity is requiring that its customers reset their passwords and recommending not requiring but recommending that you use two-factor multi-factor authentication but, so at least we can hopefully say they won't be using one 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 but, as but, a... but the passwords were hashed yeah well, it's true. Well, yeah, the, no, this, is gonna fix it. this is going to yeah. fix it. This is going to solve the problem. Yeah. Reset your password to 1111. You'll yeah. be fine. 
That solves all the problems. We'll go ahead and move on uh, to our next article. This is part of a segment called Behind Bars. Break the law. So initially, this article confused me for a second, and I understand why it says this now. Um, this comes to us from Bleeping Computer. Lapsus, sus, hacker behind GTA 6 leak gets indefinite hospital sentence. So initially, I, I'm thinking hospital just like you, you have a heart attack, you go to the hospital, that kind of hospital. But I guess it's because he, the, his capacity and abilities and desire to commit cybercrime, they're classifying it as like a mental issue? Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a sad story, really. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we, we've reported on this before about the, the breach where they were able to, an outside threat actor was able to compromise the Rockstar systems to be able to get access to GTA 6. Uh, I don't remember if they got the source code, but definitely was able to gain access to the, the software and screenshots and leaked a ton of information out about this new game that was coming out down the line. And at that point, there had been no public releases of this information. And so it kind of undermined that company and, and what they were trying to release. Well, he got caught, uh, got arrested, had to go to court and was assigned a, uh, a, a type of supervised detention, I guess, where he mm -hmm. wasn't in jail, but he was at a uh, a government assigned hotel basically. And they took away his laptop and things, but it, they didn't it, take his phone. They didn't take his phone, which I thought was really odd. Like uh, and he managed to get a hold of a Amazon fire stick to plug into the hotel TV and using that with his phone, he was then able to go and like hack into this company to, to get access to the game files. He hacked, uh, he hacked Grogstar Games from his phone through an Amazon Fire Stick in a hotel room yes. while under like legal S supervised. Watch. Yes. Yep. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, so what they're saying is that uh, the guy has a, a mental illness. That yeah. there, there, there's something. Uh, with the way he's wired, where he just can't help but commit these crimes, and he's right. shown kind no like remorse. Kind of a maniac, right? Who just can't people that yeah. can't stop stealing. Yeah. Uh, but he has said that he looks forward to doing more cybercrime, and you know he he wants to to go out and compromise more systems, and who knows how much he's already done. Uh, and they're saying that this guy he's got a, he's got a real problem. Yeah. Uh, mm. And so this is, to, to my knowledge, the first time something like this has happened where they've said, "All right, we aren't set up." for the uh like the the prison system to be able to handle it so instead we're going to rely on mental health for this one and so they have sentenced him to an indefinite uh sent a sentence yeah. or whatever mm -hmm. uh, yeah. at a at a, a mental hospital basically designating him uh we, we talked about this earlier daniel like criminally insane yeah, right yeah I, I know in america we have psychiatric prisons for the criminally insane oh, yeah, and mm -hmm. this is in the uk just right. to be this clear is i didn't the UK, say that yeah. yeah um so i'm i'm not if if he is like yes, I love crime. Crime makes me happy. I'm gonna do crime until the cows come home. Then like, what do we do with you? And yeah. you, you obviously have the the motive and the means to commit these crimes, and they can be quite costly for the people that you're perpetrating them against. So what do I do with you? I have I have to do something with you. You don't belong in a general population prison with murderers and rapists and whatnot. That you would you would end up dead pretty quickly, mm. um, or worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So we we have to put you somewhere. We got to do something with you. I mean, th this seems like he's going to be getting health care. He's going to be getting taken care of. So on one hand, it seems like this is the best option. Uh, maybe maybe in home prison, like more like a 
Maybe that would be better. I don't know. Yeah. Man. This is well beyond my above my pay grade now, as far I, as like what we do with you. I will say, like, I, I like crime and crime makes me happy, but I do it in like Saints Row Three. You know? And so that that's the real differentiator there is that this guy does it in real life. Yeah. <laughs> and and apparently just can't can't help themselves. Yeah. It's very sad to, to you know, hear that. There's a um, movie that came out about this a while back about this guy who could not stop committing crime. So they put him in this prison, and he reformed a bit, and they thought, you're a great candidate for this new program, and they held his eyes open and made him watch these things. Oh. <laughs> it's called A Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a crazy flick, by the way. It is. Yeah. That is a crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy flick. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? You've seen it? The Wikipedia summary was enough for me. I didn't. <laughs> I, I was like, Clockwork Orange. Oh, that's because I think I saw who directed it or wrote it or something. And yeah, I was like, Stanley that looks, Kubrick. looks like yeah. something I might enjoy. Kind of. You, you, you absolutely would enjoy it. it it's it's ironic. I would like to respectfully disagree with you I, on I, that point, sir. I feel like you would. It's it's. I would have to skip a lot of scenes. I think I would have to skip because I I hated Pulp Fiction and I think people thought that I would like that. Nothing to that extent. And uh, not that I can remember. Okay. They they there's innuendo that something happens, but no nothing graphic. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I read the Wikipedia summary and I was like, hmm, that was a mistake. Just yeah. like when I read the summary for like Human Centipede and stuff, I was like, I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't yeah. have done that to yeah, myself. Yeah, you would have been better off without that. Some yeah. things you can't remove from your uh, mind. I know yeah. nothing about Human Centipede. At least, oh, well, good for you. Uh, <laughs> at least you just read the summary and didn't like watch yeah. it. Yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Uh, no amount of curiosity. No, there's yeah. not not worth the not worth the risk. Okay. But get, getting back to this. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a, a platform for us yeah, talking about crazy yeah. movies. It's a, it is uh. unfortunate because clearly the kid's got talent. Clearly he's very smart and very good at what he does. Yeah. And so he it, only uses powers for it, good. Right. It's a shame that you can't just like pick him up and change direction he's and redirect. Lex Luthor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like you're, he's a genius. I mean, like you said, using his what smartphone, a keyboard, and an Amazon Fire Stick I mean, that's yeah. while impressive. he's under yeah. supervision to, to do this. Like, if we could just take that and direct it against the forces of evil, like it's a comic book, right? Um, you know, I, it would be it'd be great. It's it's just unfortunate. Yeah, I have a hard enough time using my phone as a TV remote control, like getting that <laughs> yeah. to connect the and, Roku and app that. or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to to then use it to break in like you guys well Daniel you probably have used like a terminal program on your phone I have, before I use it all the time like actually. It, it's so small and you got the on screen keyboard you know it, so for this guy the on screen keyboard is the worst there is a keyboard for those of you that are out there and are interested in your listening there is a uh, a keyboard you can download called the hacker's keyboard oh, I've heard of that it makes life a whole lot nicer for when you're using something like a terminal emulator mm. inside of your phone or a tablet uh, it, it is a game changer. Yeah. Absolutely, but but yes, it is small, but the convenience of it is really nice. So I use it a lot. Yeah. I'm assuming that he somehow because they never really tell us how he used the Fire Stick. No. So I'm assuming what he did was like cast his phone screen up onto the TV so he yeah. could actually see things, <laughs> <laughs> and and then went uh, and and they never really well, said if he had an Android had phone or an iOS internet connectivity or something. Maybe that his phone did not. Maybe his maybe. phone didn't have internet, and they thought we're safe. That's why you can have it. Mm. And yeah. he used a fire stick, which gave him internet or something. I don't know. I'm, they underestimated his power. Yeah. I don't know much about fire sticks, so. There you go. But, yeah, that's what he did. And and to Sophie's point, like, he's obviously phenomenally talented yeah. to be able to do stuff like this. If there's only a way to get him to focus on the forces of good. Yeah. yeah harness yeah. the powers for good. That's right. <laughs> well, maybe maybe we'll get lucky, and maybe this will be something that comes back on Deja News in the future, and he'll be reformed and and using his powers for good. So we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed. 
That's our New Year's wish. It's my New yep. Year's wish for this year. So if you did enjoy uh, any of that conversation about human centipede and clockwork orange <laughs> and cybercrime, uh, we hope that you'll maybe check out some of our previous episodes. We have a new episode that comes out every week on Thursday morning. Uh, so you know, keep an eye out for that here on the channel or wherever you listen to your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever platform you choose. And of course, we do have other things uh, available as well, specifically on our YouTube channel. We've got ACI Learning's webinars and live on social events. Uh, we've got one actually coming up. It'll be the day this episode's released at 2 p.m., an all-things cybersecurity uh, webinar with John Hammond. And so Daniel's going to be hosting that alongside myself. We'll get to answer all of your cybersecurity questions that you have. Are, are you looking forward to that, Daniel? Oh, are you kidding me? Anytime we get Dumb together question. with John. Yeah, yeah, it's super fun. He's a great guy. Obviously, the most internet famous. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, that we have on. Uh, but for good reason, right? Because he's mm -hmm. always making really cool content. He knows a lot about a lot. So it's always great to have him on and be able to pick his brain yeah. about certain things. I'm sure we'll get some tried and true questions, but hopefully bring some, bring some interesting a unique questions to the table there, ladies and gentlemen, for those that are listening and are going to tune in. I can't wait to to really be push push our limits. Make us go, you know, that's a great question. I don't know. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want questions like that. Those are fun. It makes yeah. me feel better because usually I don't know. Yeah. So if I hear Daniel say he doesn't know, I'm like, cool, we're on the same page on this one. And I think we do have a couple of other webinars coming up, even just this month alone. We're going to have a new All Things Cyber the first Thursday of every month this year, so keep an eye out for that. But next week, uh, I believe, Don, you're going to be hosting a webinar, I think, getting into IT. Is that right? Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Okay, we'll definite, see. It's a definite maybe. Definite if maybe. If you feel so inclined. If you feel so inclined. <laughs> and then I believe we have an audit webinar coming out later this month as well uh, with ACI Learning. So keep an eye out for those. Those are all going to live on our YouTube channel, on our LinkedIn as well. And, uh, of course, the remainder of the Technado episodes are always going to be there for you to peruse if you are so inclined. I think that's pretty much going to do it for all our upcoming events. Again, I want to thank the sponsor of Technado, ACI Learning, the folks behind IT Pro. If you're watching from the Technado website by any chance, you can click on that orange button that says Sponsored by IT Pro, and that's going to take you to the IT Pro website. Uh, if you are interested in signing up, you can use the code Technado30 for a discount on your membership. And uh, drop a comment below. Let us know what you liked about this episode, what you want to see in the future, or just, you know, say hi. We like to hear from you. Tell us what you did for Christmas, New Year's, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. That's pretty much going to do it for me. Am I missing anything? I think that's it. You're missing something. Yeah. I'm <laughs> up here. A couple screws loose, of course. Human well, centipede. <laughs> no, 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 no. All right. All right. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of TechNATO. We hope you enjoyed. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next week for another episode. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed today's show, consider subscribing so you'll never miss a new episode.